Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate your presence um, and for taking the time to come out and listen to my audio, uh, to my podcast. I hope you had a great Republic Day week uh, day off. You took time to reflect on the year gone by. You took time to reflect on what you're going to do this year to say thank you. And that is very, very important for me. And for all of us, if not, we cannot proceed. Life will not give us, uh, you know, uh, the benefits and the bounties of life. We do not say thank you. So it's important to say thank you very, very much. And it's important to reflect on what you want to do the next year. One small little extra thing, one small little improvement, how much you can contribute to the society. uh, And that will make such a difference. Uh, So thank you very much again for listening to me. Today we're going to come about um, a podcast on, on the video I saw on YouTube that really caught my attention. So if you hear me with a lot of papers, because I did a lot of research on it, um, and the video, the or the podcast is called The Crisis of Muslims Marrying Outside the Faith. One of the reasons I'm doing this is because this is exactly my situation. I was brought up in a Roman Catholic home, and I'm, I, I, I have a partner that is... Um, yeah, not a man, but a woman. Uh, sorry, sorry, not a woman, but a man. I apologize. Um, who is? Uh, he is not from my my faith. Um, and my siblings and I, we all, uh, you know, we sort of went the other side. Uh, and many members of my family. Um, again, we just we just went the other side. We didn't really care. And and uh, my family, my parents were livid. They called the they called the they called the the, the um, the priests, they call the uh, people of the society, they call everyone. And that was a problem. Uh, and, and we just wouldn't listen, we went the other way. Um, and this happens to a lot of communities, and that's why I thought I would bring this up. But I found this video on uh, on Islam, on an Islamic channel, and uh, it is important to discuss it. Uh, the video is called Crisis of Muslims Marrying Outside the Faith by Dr. Yasser Qadi. He is a Pakistani-American based in Texas, and um, his uh, journey... Um, he he was an engineer, and I think he became an Islamic preacher, um, and that's um, that's what he does. Uh, the video is on YouTube on One Islam, and you can listen to it if you want to. But I'm going to discuss this. Not in I'm not going to repeat every single word he said, but we'll discuss it to the best of our abilities. So um, he was approached by a family where. Uh, the women, the the families are practicing uh, Muslim, um, Muslims, and they their children were born. Uh, one of their daughters, I think, uh, went out and married an atheist, or was getting married to an atheist after a relationship. Uh, the the girl was uh, uh, the girl and the boy were working in the same place, and that's how they met. They were going out for X amount of years, and then after they decided to get married and of course the parents were livid they're not happy not livid but they were not very happy and what happened was they came to Dr. Yasser Kadi but could not do anything uh it was too late and and so he Dr. Yasser Kadi came out with this video this this uh, sermon as to what is going on in the crisis that they have to uh you know pay attention to so it's a uh, very common uh, this crisis in of Muslims marrying outside their faith in non-Muslim countries, 
And I say, well, why are you going to non-Muslim countries? Because you're Muslim, your Islamic countries are not doing well. So if your Islamic countries are doing, not doing well, the problem is with your Islam and your ideology. You want to go back and change it? No. But you want to, you want to blame other, other people and say, go to other countries and then say, well, you have a crisis. But the crisis is what you do not want to admit to yourself, that your ideology has failed, your religion has failed, your empires have failed, and your society is coming crumbling down. Uh, so it is not the time whether a Muslim or non-Muslim, uh, you know, goes to another country and says, oh, we have got a crisis. The crisis is in your mind, my dear friend. Um, so he says the prevention is more important than the cure, which is correct. So he, his topic, his sermon comes about uh, after he was consulted by this family for their daughter marrying a non-Muslim. And he says he's having this 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 uh, this topic uh, this conversation in order to get the conversation rolling, whether it's in in a mosque, in a masjid, at the MSAs, or or within families. And there's a trickle down effect of that conversation. He says he's very open to all other ideas, other other uh, points of view, and he's not hard and fast. He's just to start that conversation and to uh, you know. Um, Make sure that this is uh, we not hide under the sheets, so to speak. Every time there's a problem, um, he says uh, a Muslim marrying a non-Muslim that is not considered marriage in Islam from a legal position. Unanimous again, every, it's unanimous, and every scholar uh, will say the same thing. There is it's a unanimous decision. A nikah is when a Muslim marries another Muslim. Uh, a Muslim lady marries a Muslim man, and there is consensus in the Islamic community for this ijma. I think he uses the word. Now, is from the Islamic perspective, there can what can be done? He says, so that we can protect our families. What should we do? Raise awareness is important. Ignoring the reality uh, and the issue will not protect our families. Um, and so it is. Um, it is important your family, you bring up your family with good Islamic values uh, of love and, and love of Allah and his messenger. And, and there are going to be repercussions if you don't do that. It is, he says, you can also try uh, and do everything that you should do, but it might not work. He says, because even in, in the olden days, the son of the prophet did not accept Islam and you so you cannot blame the prophet for it, and you definitely cannot blame yourself. You just can do the best you can, um, which is why we're having this conversation. He says. Um, so he says, faith um, to a religion, to our religion is Islamic religion. Uh, the iman, our faith, is 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 very important, and our children who who brought up and and children. Um, who do not uh, marry within the faith uh, are committing zina. Uh, zina is uh, an Arab word for adultery, fornication, can mean different things, but it's basically, um, it's basically, um, it's in the same context. It's fornication, it's adultery, um, it's, you know, uh, looking at men, looking at women, um, having sex outside uh, marriage, uh, 
So it's a general term that, that refers to general meaning. And a criminal, and as a legal term, it defines a criminal act that invites punishment and other legal replications. Zina is a broad meaning, which means indicates any haram prohibited act, whether the act was sexual intercourse or a look or talk or touch or desire that is related or may lead to illicit sexual relations. So he said, if you marry someone outside the faith, it is zina. That means you've committed um, a sort of illicit haram um, Action including uh, adultery, on including or not a limit to adultery, fornication, and so on and so forth. Um, and so we we have to change it. Uh, and a child, if he's born, if you're married a non-Muslim, then your children are born into zina. It, it is a fact; you cannot change that. That means any Muslim marrying a non-Muslim, uh, the child is born out of an adulterous relationship. How disgusting it is, is it to say that in today's world? How disgusting to say that a child is not a child; he's born into an adulterous relation just because you do not submit to my supremacy and my opinion of God it is disgusting. And then you say. And these are the people who scream Islamophobia. These are the people who say, who scream at, oh, someone's burning my book. I mean, come on, you're not living in the, 20, in the 15th century. You're trying to treat people different as you are, uh, degrading them and, and say, oh, well, but this is what my religion teaches. Well, if this is what your religion teaches, then you should stay in your own religious country. Why do you come to other people's country and even in your own country that asking people to degrade other children just because they don't follow your opinion and you're telling me that your ideology is better than you want to know why Pakistan is coming down because of this backward mentality and this is the person he is a Pakistani Muslim um, who's giving lectures on, on on being a good Muslim and on Islam and religion and faith to other people and this is the Pakistani mentality that's talking behind him uh, and I'm sorry to say it uh, it does happen in every single group it happens this is not only an Islamic problem it happens in every single group um, and unfortunately um, yeah it even happened in my home with me but uh, it is a sick ideology to have uh, but he's giving this lecture and I want you to understand why we're discussing this lecture. Um, so Dr. Kadi uh, goes on to say, we need to understand the importance of preserving Islam within the household of, and making our children known of the love of Allah. When the love of Allah is more than the love of a non-Muslim, your child is going to marry. Um, so the last part was my words. So it's important to understand that the love of Allah goes above everything else and it's more important than the, chi the children marrying outside, which is Zina. Um, in this society in America, in brackets, fear is not going to work. They, they do not uh, have, children have no fear. The stick is not going to work. They must have love for Allah, the love for the Sunnah, the love for the religion of Islam so that they understand that the importance of Islam uh, would be doing uh, and that would be doing something that is displeasurable to Allah and his messenger. So Allah and his messenger are not going to be happy if you marry outside the community. I mean, you know, it's the same cons it's the same co it's the same planet, the same air, the same oxygen, the same roads, the same airplane. We sit on the same airplane. If the airplane crashes, we all die. But yet, yet, 
If I marry, if God will not be happy, although he's making every human being and species of life, but he will not be happy if you marry one species, marry another species, or one human being from one species marries another human being from the same species of a different label. God's not going to be happy. The creator who made us all. I mean, how insulting this is. But, hey, it is what it is, and we all do this, unfortunately. So this is his position. He is giving his lecture to his students and his people. And here is uh, some of the points he's given as a preventive measure. So good knowledge of Allah and his messenger is important to prevent the crisis of, of marriage of Muslims marrying outside the community. Talk to your children, he says, from the time they are young. Be proactive. Your children have to know that you are thinking of this, of this concept. And you're thinking of them, and that's important. You're thinking of this, these issues. Engage in conversation with your children. Do not, um, do not throw this under the rug and start the conversation at the age of 25. Start having the conversation when they're 19, or should I say, when they're marriageable age. So whatever, 19, 20, 21, whenever they are marriageable age, whatever that age is or the age limit is for the country you're living in. Um, it is easier if you meet, if your children come in contact with other people from the community or that, you know, they, they are aware through meetings with community members, um, MSAs, Muslim student organizations, uh, to make, um, if they meet someone that's preferable instead of getting married straight away or pushing them to say, wait till you study, wait till that, wait till this, wait till you finish this, they'll never end up doing anything. So instead of doing that, and or you can ask them if you meet... If they, they meet someone of their choice, uh, you meet the parents to bring the person home, meet their parents, uh, ask, you know, uh, take a look into possible marriage. And if, if, the, if the relationship is set, if um, you want to go forward, then do the nikah, but you don't have to uh, consummate the marriage. The children can go on living in their own homes. The children can go on having uh, their own lives and just meet and continue the relationship without consummating the marriage. Um, and, and basically, it won't be zina, it won't be fornification, it won't be haram. And they can get to know each other slowly by slowly. And uh, instead of, you know, uh, going and texting behind their backs, as, lo as long as it's, ha it's halal, it's okay. So let them do the nikah, it's easier. Um, and if you make this... this if you make marriage difficult, if you make a halal marriage difficult and expensive, then the haram is cheap and free. So that means they can they will go to other people, other communities. They will engage in uh, in activities that are that are not good, uh, that the uh, kufar are doing, activities that the mushrik are doing, activities that the najas are doing, and that's haram. And it's free because it's available all about the place. But you know, of course. They say, well, in Islamic countries, it's not available, only in non-Muslim countries. And that's why the, there's a crisis of, of Muslims marrying outside the faith in, in, in non-Muslim countries. In America is what he's talking about. And so he comes up with this concept that do the nikah first um, and then let the children grow and, and get to know each other slowly. So at least they'll be in, in a halal um uh, relationship and then they can consummate the marriage when they're ready to consummate uh, so make halal easier so that uh, the haram is cheap uh, haram uh, is, is is not free and and not 
not cheap. Uh, formalize the nikah and then they can spend their time together, as he says, and consummate the marriage later. Until you have a job or if you wait until you have a job, a house, um, you know, uh, you will never end up finishing where, where you have to go. You, you will never end up getting what you wanted to get in life. You cannot expect your children not to have uh, feelings at the marriageable age. Uh, that's what children do. And even, uh, even you know, 500 years ago, everyone had feelings because the human is the same. So when they're ready, they're not going to wait for you in today's society. They're going to text. They're going to talk. They're going to phone. Uh, and they can do it without your permission. They don't need your permission. And they don't have any fear in you anymore. So there's no use using the stick. Uh so uh, so it's better to say, look, keep it halal and I will get you, I will have your back. That means um, if you meet someone, bring him to me. If it's a halal relationship, if he's a Muslim, bring him to me. And uh, I will, uh, you know, we'll make the necessary arrangements. We'll have a talk with his parents or her parents, make the necessary arrangements, have the nikah. And then afterwards, you know, you can take your time. Um, basically, he, he's saying there is no fear anymore for children. So... What he's saying really is that um, Islam is based on fear. With the fear, uh, and religion is based on fear, with fear, then, then people live within these boxes, these compartments, and then you can keep them, suffocate them in these boxes, and, and, and they will definitely go to heaven. And he's, in my opinion, he is admitting that fear is the biggest tool of Islam or religion in general um, God needs fear otherwise God is not going to work and when you're free uh, you don't have fear then there's a crisis so so it's either fear and live in a compartment and die a slow death through generations or be free and consider yourself a crisis and this is the problem this is the they they these are the people who will never evolve and will destroy society after society wherever they go. These people who talk about fear, who give conversations, who give um, talks to others on, on, on religion and things like that, and on, on God. Uh, and as I say, religions become ref re regimes and refugees, regimes become refugees. This is... The, the basis of the problem, fear. Um, Dr. Kadi comes from, from an Islamic country, his parents, which are uh, which is Pakistan. Pakistan is an Islamic state, the first Islamic state, and it's in turmoil. It's going down the tubes. There is, uh, there's, they're fine. They've got an economic and financial crisis. The society has come to a complete standstill. It is absolutely lost. Um, there is all types of problems in this fam in this country. It's supposed to be Darul al Islam, the best of the best, a billion times better religion than anyone else, but it's coming down. Um, and yet they refuse to take uh, account, responsibility, that it is the mentality of, of, of their ideology that is the problem. And, and not the human being. They have forced the human being to live in fear in a box, and that means you're not going to evolve. When you don't evolve, what is going to happen? Uh, your society will come crumbling down. It will become irrelevant, and that's exactly what Pakistan is. Irrelevant today. Economic crisis, um, and that's a problem. But he's not going to change. He wants to change. He wants to come back here. 
educate other Muslims to live in the same box, suffocate themselves, and then blame all the problems on Islamophobia and, and bring this country down too. This is exactly what the problem is of immigrants and people who live in these compartment blocks and, and they think that the problem's on the outside, the problem's not on the outside, the problem is on the inside. That you're living in, in a state of fear in order so that you 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 have uh, in in order that you you maintain the lineage of uh, of your uh, imperial empires and your colonialism that is converted into faith. It's converted into religion. That's converted into faith. But it's still the same fear, and fear doesn't let you rise above the status quo, evolve. Fear means a flat earth, and you're not going to rise in your society. You're not going to contribute to your society except through negativity, and that's why we have these concepts of Islamophobia nowadays. Oh, Islamophobia because the problem's on the outside, because they're so scared of their people going on the outside. They're so fear scared that their people have fear, uh, uh, sorry, don't have fear anymore. The people, you cannot beat them with a stick. You cannot abuse them anymore. They will fly with their wings. They're empowered to rise up and build the buildings, uh, not not, not uh, dwell in these negative aspects of life to evolve, but they will not allow them to evolve because they have to live within the communities Communities, and they're still, still 1,400 years old a society. But if you don't give them equal rights, which even their own countries don't give them, then it's Islamophobia. So this is the problem, and unfortunately... Um, Unfortunately, uh, it exists, and he's talking very openly about it. So it's okay to go to another country and treat the other people as zina, insult them as adulterous, insult them with all types of uh, name callings, uh, very legal name callings, but someone returns the favor to them, and they, all they say is Islamophobia, you don't understand us. But then they say, you have a crisis, we have a crisis in the Islamic marriage. Uh, I'm sorry, but you can't have it both ways. Um, so again, he's going, uh, he's saying over here, tell your children what you're looking for and, and let them spend time with each other, other Muslims, other brothers and sisters in the Islamic community till they get to know each other. Um, and, um, then they can, uh, at least you can broker a relationship, should I say, uh, with your consent. Um, and you won't have them going with a non-Muslim. Uh, explain to them that infatuation with another man is temporary. Uh, that is, if it's with a non-Muslim man. If it's with a Muslim, then it's okay. It, it's everlasting. Uh, but if it's a non-Muslim man then or a uh, woman, it's, it's, it's temporary. Uh, but if you don't have these conversations, it'll be too late after five years. Um, you know, don't wait for five, six years and then have that conversation. Have it when they're teenagers. And so, you know, you build that that uh, that journey with them. And prevention is better than cure, he says. Um, have that conversation first and don't wait uh, for later. Uh, he also says that prevention is, is good instead of coming when the tide has already left the shore. That means um, don't wait for after the children are 25, 26 to have that conversation or later in life have it when they're young and they're marriageable age. Understand that harshness is counterproductive. If the parents boycott the children, then the children will go the other side. 
and they become martyrs for the non-Muslims. And the non-Muslims will use the these these children to say, see, look how they are treating their own children. So don't boycott your children, and they'll become the darling of the media. And we cannot embrace a non-Muslim. This is this this is discrimination right of the bat. He says we cannot embrace a non-Muslim marriage due to Sharia. Um, and we cannot boycott them, so you have to find a middle ground, he says. He says, tell your children that love is not permanent. Look, in reality, you will um, you will fall in love again after your first crush. So don't go only for your first crush, especially if it's for a non-Muslim. Um, um, and you will fall in and out of love. And and that stage, you're so... Um, and that uh, you must not be narrow-minded... Um, uh, you know, don't be narrow-minded. It, it, it's important. Um, just open your eyes and 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 make sure that you uh, sort of find a halal relationship. Uh, even if you fall in love with a non-Muslim, uh, come back to Islam because that's who it, which is billion times better. This marriage is about compatibility. Love does not uh, last a lifetime. Love. In a real marriage, is based on compatibility and lust. So you can only be compatible with a, with a, someone from your own community. Wow, that's what you call lineage, my friend. Continuing your caste, continuing your lineage, your ideology through through lineage, the same marriage, the same group, and that in Latin is called caste. So they, they we say caste is 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 Hindu. Caste is not Hindu. Caste is all over the world. People want to have. Uh, caste people want to to absolutely maintain their lineage and and subjugate others who do not follow their lineage lineage and give preferential treatment to those who do that my dear friend is caste um so he says um <laughs> He says he hates to break it to other people, to the youth of today, but arranged marriages did have a lot of benefits. So parents should be proactive and be blunt. Semi-arranged or arranged marriages, proactive long-term relationships with, with Muslims uh, are preferable. Uh, have that conversation with them. Um, he says in the Darul al-Islam, it's allowed for Muslim men to marry a non-Muslim as the entire society is Muslim. So that means if you're living in a Muslim society, in a country, everyone is following Islam, and if you meet a non-Muslim and you marry them, even if they don't change, uh, say, if they are of an Abrahamic faith, then then uh, it's okay because he, the laws protect you and the laws make sure that your children will be Muslim. That's what they want. Um um, and so at the end, they want to continue the lineage, whatever you, whoever you marry. So I can marry someone, but as long as my children are Muslim. Uh, so that's, that's really degrading. That means your, your non-Muslim is only there to bring children into the world. They don't, you, they don't really care about the non-Muslim. They're there, okay, you want to marry us, but the children, the, the descendants are coming to us. And we, we really don't care about you, that you are the parent of the child, you're the father of the child, um, uh, your mother, the child. We just care that you're bringing children into this world, and you're there as a, a a tomb, an incubator to bring someone into this world. And then after that, you know, no one cares. So basically, that's what Islamic society says. Uh, you in an Darul Islam, you will uh, 
be surrounded by Islamic laws so that your children will be protected. That's the most important. And they will have to follow Islamic rules. But in a non-Muslim society, there is no Islamic laws. And so you have to put make those laws and have that conversation right before they, they get out into the world and make sure they understand that marriages with a non-Muslim are zina, adultery, fornication, haram. And uh, you will never end up in heaven because... Well, basically, he didn't say these words, but this is what it means. You will never go to heaven because you've lived a life of zina. Um, um, so um, it's important that in a non-Muslim society, you make sure that you marry your children within the faith. Uh, marry within the faith. What is important to Islam is good character, uh, good akhlaq, and good imam. As if people with uh, non-Muslim are not a good akhlaq. You have to be good at clock within, uh, because Islam is 100 times better, so you can only have uh, good at clock in, within Muslim families. I thought that was absolutely ridiculous, but this is what you call supremacy, my friends. And then they blame others with uh, white supremacy, green supremacy, black supremacy. They blame others for that. But when they are, when they are you know, uh, spearheading their supremacy in their own uh, cubicles, in their own little compartments, that's okay. When they get it in return, they'll say, but why is the problem? Why is there a problem? Uh, Islamophobia, but you're doing the same thing, my friend. No, that's okay for them to do it, but the other side cannot do it because this earth belongs to them and God belongs to them. They have a monopoly, unfortunately. Um, so he says you're... Um, Get um, get rid of your zalalia. Zalalia means ignorance, okay? So it's important for you, your children, to marry within Islam because the ethnicity, ethnicity is not important. Uh, the color is not important. The race is not important. Uh, marrying within Islam is a billion times better than, than a long list of ethnicities, tribes, race. Your culture is not important. So if you have, like, for example, an, an African Muslim marrying a Pakistani Muslim, it's not a problem. Don't waste your time with uh, ethnicity, race, culture, because that at the end of the day, Allah is the same for all Muslims, so it doesn't matter. Um, so it's important to continue that. Uh, so lose the ethnicity, tribal, uh, race, and all of the above uh, specifications you have. The only important things is Allah. Um, you will want your children to marry within the faith, not within the culture and race. That's important. Um, he says there's not a problem within Islam is gender segregation within our communities. It's ultra strict. Uh, this always works within a Muslim society, but not uh, in a non-Muslim society. We need a middle ground, a middle balance. It is um, so. It's important to you get your children who are marriageable age to um, to um, to meet. Uh, get them to know the other people of their age who are of marriageable age to, that they are available in at MSAs, Muslim Student Associations, community gatherings, uh, you know, different gatherings of different types, uh, community services, uh, volunteer, uh, get them to know, uh, meet other people and, and, and give them the... Uh, the contacts or give them the ability to, the freedom to have... Um, 
have this conversation with people of their own age and tell them uh, what you want. Tell them that you're willing to back them up if the marriage is halal, halal if the relationship is halal, and that you will get hold their back. Uh, and this only could lead to halal relationships. If we have to be preventive, uh, non-Muslim marriages um, is zina, and we cannot go forward with that. Basically, let's put. Let me put this this way. This is, if you're listening to papers all about the place, it's because all my papers that I did research on, okay? Really sorry about that. So, um, basically, he's... This is a problem that all people from all groups face, okay? Let's be frank about it. All groups face this, uh, not only with Muslims. Uh, we put ourselves in compartments and then and, 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 uh, indoctrinate the people in our compartment with, with homogeneity. Oh, we are so much better than the others. The other side is bad. It's adultery. It's this. It's zina. They are haram. Uh, Darul al-Islam. Al Darul al-Harb. It it's, goes on and goes on and goes on. And every group does that. We put ourselves in compartments and says the other side is, you know, is bad. But the problem is not on the outside. The problem is on the inside. If you are uh, indoctrinating yourself with with a concept the person on the other side you'll meet people with the same as you because you're an electromagnetic field remember it's your currents that form the waves you cannot blame someone else for the problems in your house uh, the problems in your house are your problems and and that is why we say change yourself remove the labels remove the compartments and you will be freer to be who you are gain the knowledge of your cult of your history of your civilization understand it respect it learn from it and go forward uh but you put yourself in a compartment you'll be doing exactly the same thing as those who made the mistakes before you and that's going to be counterproductive um anyway this is the topic I wanted to have as a conversation. We're going to talk about this and dissect this tomorrow because it's too long a conversation. And I just hope that, uh, yeah, so this video is available on YouTube. Uh, I will put a link of it into my podcast page. Uh, but I also want you to tell you that tomorrow we'll dissect this because we have a lot of issues with this, uh, with this concept across the board and it's important to have that conversation. So in the meanwhile, I thank you very much for listening in uh, today and we will uh, continue this tomorrow. Uh, in the meanwhile, have yourself a great day, a great weekend and stay safe.